Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. In this episode, we look back at two very exciting games over the weekend, what Benetton have coming up at the end of their season and what the women have to do up in Scotland to keep those wins coming. Well, all in all, that was a good week. Not for Zebra, but for Benetton and the Italian ladies, a very, very... Actually, no, it wasn't even that good for Benetton. They lost. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, they put in a decent shift. Oh, I'm tired. What am I talking about? No, but it was an 11-try thriller. It doesn't feel like they lost because the URC was basically gone for me already. And losing 43-33 in an epically exciting game of rugby against a Sharks team in South Africa, packed to the rafters with Springboks. Mm. That was impressive. It was. So, you know, it wasn't a win, but it was a really good showcase of Benetton's rugby. Yeah, I mean, I think it might also be because I wrote down that they, in my opinion, they had the best first eight minutes of their season. It was an incredible start by Benetton. Up 14-0 after the first eight minutes. Got their first try on the board after about a minute and a half. Then after that, ended up coming in at halftime, even Stevens. 14 all and then in the second half obviously sharks got there in the end 43 33 but if you haven't seen the highlights do go and look at the highlights in fact the entire game is online do go check it out yeah it is well worth watching it was just pressure 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 and the great thing that they did um which again i think is why we don't feel like it was you know a loss as as losses go um was that so much of this season has felt like Benetton are outperforming the other team but that's not reflective on the scoreboard and actually straight from the off every chance they got they scored then you know there were issues along the way and there were a couple of opportunities that were left sort of squandered but for the most part I thought they really they went out to win that game there was no sort of let's just see it out for the sake of seeing it out we're probably out of the the playoffs anyway they really went there to win it didn't feel like a loss it felt mm. like we actually got a lot out of that game we did because all my thoughts are on Toulon <laughs> and that was a fairly similar side to the one you'd expect to play against Toulon and they played well and now it's time to get those players and wrap them up in cotton wool and put out the under 19s for this week's <laughs> fixture so that we can go to Toulon with the best team that we can. Did they take any under under 19s to South Africa? No, it's actually a shit show of a situation as far <laughs> as I'm concerned because they took 30 players, which is fine. But when your most important game is when you get back from South Africa, now you've got to think about a rotation and who you can play, who you have to look after, who might be injured. They've got to fly back from South Africa, do a week of training, then travel to France. So out of your 30 person squad you're then doubling up and it's a gamble it's a risk and who you put where i had a little bit of a, a go at putting together a benetton side today and i can tell you the team i put together probably isn't a winning team why not well because i was trying desperately hard to protect players so for example you know duvenage or from watching the game with the south african commentators duvenaga yeah right we should ask him how it's actually meant to be pronounced. I mean, they should know how to pronounce it. Yeah, so maybe we've been saying it wrong for many years. But, you know, I say Tattinger instead of Tattinger. I say Moe Chandon as opposed to 
Moet de Chandon, which apparently it was from the Wimbledon adverts. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm going to say Duvenage until I'm told otherwise. Just say Didi. Yeah, Didi. Captain Didi. So can you risk Captain Didi in next week's game? Well, they did sub him off very early in this game, I thought. I was surprised by how early he came off against um, the Sharks. It was sort of just after half time, basically, that they swapped him for baby Garbisi. Exactly. So for my team next week, I would start with Sam Hidalgo Klein. Yeah. And I would then have baby Garbisi on the bench because baby Garbisi needs to get used. He is used to it, but needs to continue to be used to that scrum half off the bench because that's probably what he's going to be doing when they get back from South Africa. So what you're saying, though, is protect players and don't really go out to try and win the next game because the season's over. Yeah, yeah, I am. So obviously the players on the pitch are going to go out there and try as hard as they can to win it. They're not going to go out there and half-arse it. But I think the coach coaching staff need to look after who they want for the following week and so maybe for the second row I would go for a Lazzaroni and Favretto second row and I would have maybe Rutzer on the bench and give Nicola Canone the week off or yeah. the other way around because I feel like Rutzer's not had a week off in forever neither of them have really but yeah. looking at them I thought Canone looked marginally more tired mm. than Rutzer well, they've got to they've got to rest them up because Toulon have got Castres sorry what that's the game that they've got before oh I see okay. So that won't be as physical as going down to South Africa. Yeah. There's no travel. There's not much travel there. That's down the road for them. Yeah, yeah. It's tricky. I mean, again, I I before this game, my only doubt was um, Riera starting instead of Manichello, who I assume is injured. But he was fire in this game. His offload for that second try to Brex was just perfection. It was Italo Argentine beauty centers working together like champagne. It was champagne prosecco rugby. Let's call it prosecco rugby. I like that. Yeah, it was amazing. It went all viral on the old TikTok. But the whole game was like that. It was just mm. stunning try after stunning try. Albinoz's try was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. <laughs> it was, and he totally got himself back, you know, in in our favour because he kind of messed up the the sort of a minute and a half earlier, he's the reason that Mopimpi goes in to score that seventh try or something that the, the Sharks got because he, he does a great cover running back to cover that ball um, from their, their break in their 22, but then ends up passing it accidentally back to Mopimpi who goes in to score. But he makes it all back for that amazing try he gets at the end. They certainly it, stepped up. It, it was just a classic game of rugby. Rugby was the real winner in that game. So I don't, I, there isn't that much to talk about really about it really because Benetton played played a wonderful brand of rugby. The mm-hmm. Sharks played a wonderful brand of rugby. There were tries all over the place. It was fluid. It was running. The refereeing was hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, my gosh. So we call this Ben Whitehouse. We call him Jason Manford because I think he looks like Jason Manford. And I don't know if his girlfriend broke up with him the weekend before, but he was taking no shit. I wrote down some of the great quotes from Ben Whitehouse. Are you trying to milk a penalty? Right back, brr, 10, penalty given. Two minutes later, and we could probably talk about this, a very contentious, in my opinion, no arms tackle on uh, Tetats. And he looks like he's been knocked out, hit to the head by another head. They don't look at it. The medic rushes on to try Should and Should have been a red him. card, really. I mean, it yeah. was a red card, but <laughs> the medic completely comes on. ignored. Nothing happened. Medic comes on to take care of him. And he's like, get off. Medic's off. We have no injuries. <laughs> We're like, what's happening? This guy's just been hit in the head. Another moment later on, he was having quite 
lot of arguments with um the 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 sharks number one um Ox. Ox, and he just goes please don't shout at me and then at the end to um Myla, who i don't know did something that he thought was contentious i was not born yesterday he was just having none of it and i actually really appreciated it great to watch that was a bit which actually was annoying for benetton where Benetton got a, a free kick, looked like it was a penalty, and then it, it turned out to be a free kick. They tried to go quickly, and uh, Ben Whitehouse, Jason Manford stopped them, went, no, no, you're not going quick, because I want to go talk to him. <laughs> and then just walked over to Ox, gave Ox an absolute bollocking, and then came back, and then obviously Didi's upset, because they wanted to go quickly. All of a sudden, all the Sharks players are completely set up. It's a free kick, not a penalty, so what are they are going to do? So Albanos kicks it long, and the wind catches it, it and, and it goes straight over the the, the, the touchline, straight, straight over the imble. It, it goes dead, right? It goes too long. It goes dead. And um, Dee Dee on the walk back sort of complains to Ben Whitehouse. And Ben Whitehouse says, well, I didn't kick it dead. I didn't make him kick it 80 metres dead. He did that. <laughs> I'd love to know the psychology behind it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought he, he was pretty consistent with his bollocking. So it didn't feel like he was giving either team more of a hard time, but um, he was taking absolutely nothing. And arguably, our scrum did suffer as a result of, um, not him, but our scrum did suffer after he was refusing to let any medics on the pitch. So Pasquale has to come off with a bit of a limp um, and a longy goes on and all of a sudden you're like, oh Jesus, we're like, what, 20 minutes in? Pasquale had a good game. Very good for him, actually. Well, uh, very until... handsome man. Very, very handsome man. But he was scrummaging well. He, he won the first penalty against his opposite number, playing well in open play, but then got injured, hopefully not injured too badly. But then Longy came on and then the scrum was just marched backwards time and time again. Can't win a rugby match if your scrum is just giving away penalties like hot cakes. Mm -hmm. But then the coaches were very good and they changed the front row in the 39th minute. I think, yeah, the clock was probably already in the red end of the first half um, and we had to defend for our lives. I think actually it went into sort of five minutes of dead time, red time, dead time, what's it called? But we had to defend in with the clock in the red for about five minutes. And yeah, there's this scrum right in front of the posts where you just go, oh God, we're going to give away another penalty. It'll be a penalty try or something. And the coaching staff decide to send on basically a new front row. They changed the loose head and the hooker. So yeah. they brought on Gajo and Meili, and that somehow fixed it. Well, you said that you think that aside from obviously bringing on fresh legs, it was also to get a message back because Pasquale had been off a little while. So he was probably telling the coaching staff, like, I think they're doing this, 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 and this in the scrum. And then they gave that information to those two who were coming on, and then they reported. You could tell that they were chatting before that scrum set up. They had, like, they were whispering to each other and the rest of the pack. And it worked because they held, that scrum held that time. And they managed to to hold out and go in at half time with the scores tied 14 all. We did very well. It was very, very fast rugby. But what do you think it was that Sharks were doing that gave him the edge in the end? I thought at the breakdown, they were ferocious, absolutely mm -hmm. ferocious, not just in terms of jackaling. It's like they went back to sort of 1990s style rugby. It was all about the full on counter ruck. Yeah. You know, they'll yeah. throw yeah. six people at a breakdown, but they'll get the fucking ball. Yeah. I mean, after half time, their fourth try comes literally from. 
a counter ruck in their own 22 and then they just pass it wide i mean i wrote down yeah sharks showing who they are from the restart in the second half they're just on fire they throw it wide and everyone's out of position uh, and so they can just run it in and that's from a counter ruck in their 22 there was no attacking position to start from yeah and they've got gas outside you know pimpy had a great game khaleesi had a great game yes yeah khaleesi was amazing i expect him to be amazing though and then their young scrum half who scored a try which was again one of those comes from chaos bounce of a rugby ball tries he just has so much pace and it was interesting to see rhino smith who's one of the fastest players around didn't even chase him yeah he just looked up saw how fast he was and didn't run just basically jogs back behind the posts for the conversion and you know that rhino's not i mean if he if he thinks he's got any chance he's going for it but yeah he's he's got the heart of a lion and he's rapid and he just went there's no point but then he does come back straight after that doesn't he does that little chip uh chip and chase and then kicks it through for riera to get that third try which was just again more prosecco rugby genius work I love watching Rhino, coach's favourite. He played very well. I'd say the Sharks were just probably half a step faster in everything than we were. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I mean, we the were in that swing. game up until the 50, in the 59th minute, we claw it back to 28-26. You know, so there's, it's not, I think we believed until the end that we could win it. Um, it just slipped a little bit too far in those last 10 minutes. No, I think I think we were trying to keep up with them. And I think their fitness in the last 10 minutes just showed a little bit. They took their opportunities from those mistakes. And I think they were down to fatigue. Do you think? I didn't get mm. a sense that we were tired. Maybe tired is the wrong way. I just think because the intensity was so high. I'm not saying that we weren't fit or anything match fit or anything like that. I just think the way that Southern Hemisphere play, Sharks play, very fast, very intense. And I think we match them. But maybe when a breakdown happens or a spilt ball happens, they're just that little bit quicker because they're used to that intensity. And I think that's what got them through the game. I know what you mean. I mean, that that game was a ping pong of tries. But after the beginning, going 14-0 up, Benetton were always slightly behind the Sharks. And they never looked like really, if I'm perfectly honest, it didn't look like they were going to overtake them and go on to win. It was always just sort of staying in it staying in it staying in it and then just when you think they could possibly overtake the Sharks score again yeah. I think if that game was 20 minutes longer the Sharks would still win it you know it wasn't yeah. like Benetton were like on the ascendancy coming up but it was a real hammer and tong close rugby match I think the better team on the day won but it's a shame that Benetton didn't get a losing bonus points I think that yeah. they, they deserved, deserved it. I, yeah I agree I think they did deserve it it was a shame and I think Lamaro knew it was a shame you could hear him towards the end there he was just begging his front row to win that final scrum so that they could get a penalty in the 88th in the 80th minute he's just shouting at them like motivationally shouting at them telling the front row um i don't know if you guys heard it but he was like chillai fratello chillai chillai you've got it brother you've got it to his front row because they were pushing they were holding up and you were like he could hoping that they'd win the penalty back. Unfortunately, the scrum stayed strong and they kicked it out. But um, you felt that he really wanted that losing bonus points. They got the bonus point, the try bonus points. They come away with one, but I think they deserve to come away with two. And it's a shame because they only crept away in the 78th minute when the, the shocks went up from seven points to 10 points up. Yeah, but as I said, it was a, a brilliant game of rugby, played in really good spirits. As yeah. you could see, since Lamara was invited to Etzbeth's house for a beer. Wasn't uh, it cute? Him, Khaleesi, Etzbeth. Oh, I loved that photo. But that's the kind of game it was. Everyone would walk off that pitch, obviously immediately slightly disappointed that you've lost, but that's why people play rugby. That's why people watch rugby. If someone didn't enjoy that game, then they don't like rugby. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I think one final thing to be said 
coach when you ask like why did they win I think all of the points that you guys have made are accurate I also think as much as I enjoy the the South African contingent joining the URC the trouble is there is no away support like you just you can't right like I don't think there was a single Benetton fan in that stadium I think the stadium was very loud as well I think yeah I think the fans really enjoyed it I think the fans were very how cool to win was, as well. was that stadium? I mean, I would love to go watch a game at that stadium. Did you see they had like swimming pool at one end, bouncy castles at the other end? They had like a barbecue going on with like outdoor tables. Like it just looked like the best fun ever. It did look great. What whatever happened to Vuvuzela? Vuvuzelas? You know those just in did, the football. Yeah, I don't think have they ever used them in rugby? Well, I don't I know. They, just the football, I think. Which I'm kind of glad for. Yeah, it was an obnoxious sound. But yeah, right? That's another thing. You just, you don't get that travelling support. I guess it works both ways, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is why, uh, point proven, right? South African teams, when they're travelling, seem to suck. And they don't Mm. suck. So why is it that a South African team in Europe um, is way weaker than a South African team at home? I think there is something to be said for that. If the game against Toulon was in South Africa, we wouldn't be going. But we are going. If the final, if we make it to the final of the Challenge Cup, if it was in South Africa, we wouldn't go. And that just makes it one of the downsides, I think, of having the South African teams in it is just the the travel. Maybe we should try and go to one. Yeah, be, I would love that'd it. That would be one hell of a trip. Try and get a, a Benetton contingent to go out like they plan their, um, their trasferte, get them to commit to one in South Africa. Can't be asked. <laughs> how much fun they're having out there they're posting videos of swimming with sharks going on safari today they're in the swimming pool the only time to go to south africa to watch the game would be because the bkt urc or actually the vodacom urc if the final was in south africa because the title sponsor changes depending on where you're watching it from um, or who hosts the match anyway the highest ranked team in the final gets to play at home in the final so it's not a destination final like the challenge cup or the champions cup where they choose in advance where the final would be anyway what i'm saying is the only time to go to south africa is if they were in the final they had it at home in south africa and benetton were in it apart from that it's a pretty long way to go yeah but the tricky thing with that as well is that and we've sort of spoken about this the issue with leaving it up until the end when you know who's won is that it gives you no time to plan as a traveling fan yeah. yeah, and that's been a problem with the European tournament this year as well. Yeah. Yeah, they can't even get their dates right, can they? 28th to the 30th. <laughs> I mean, it is an issue. Like, they still don't know where the URC final is going to be. And they won't know for how long. Like, they probably won't know until, at best, a month before. I mean, at best. I, I've what no idea. The- yeah, well, they won't know until the semi-finals are Yeah, but so that's what I'm saying, right? Like, it could be in Ireland, it could be in South Africa, it could be anywhere. And, and as a fan, that makes it incredibly difficult to plan. Very true. Yeah. Anyway, great game. It's a shame that they didn't come away with two points. But on the, is it a plus side that we're sort of pretty much confirmed as not making the playoffs uh yeah i mean that's fine because as i said you know you need to target the challenge cup and really go for it downside is it looks like benetton might come 11th in the bkt urc at the end not the end of the world they should be a bit higher but if you spend most of the season unable to win away from home that's what you get yeah we had a bad start to the year didn't we what just not winning when you leave treviso (laughs) it's a problem that's what I mean. Away, we're not very good. Beginning of the season, I just felt we were we weren't really where we wanted to be at all. Closer to the Six Nations, around the Six Nations, I felt like we were getting really quite strong. I don't think 
if we played the Sharks at the beginning of the season, we would have been absolutely destroyed. Now, with the backs running as well as they are, I mean, it showed. It just looked like Italy were playing the Sharks with some yeah, of those right? set moves. It's true. It also felt joyful. Like, it felt like they really enjoy playing with each other. Some of those runs were just glorious to watch and they were just having fun. I just think some of the confirmation they probably got from, from having such a good Six Nations has sort of transferred over now. I think maybe whether it was psychological or something like that, something's rubbed off on them and I think they've taken it back to Ben and it's been very strong ever since. If they play like this against Toulon, I think they'll be in for a bit of a rude, rude surprise. What's interesting about that is like, yes, I think you're right. I think a lot of it as well is that the Benetton players are young and so obviously get better year on year at the minute. They are a much better side now than they were at the beginning of the season, no doubt about it. The games that they lost when they were playing away, don't forget Bortolami did massive rotations, so mm. he very rarely sent his best team away. So the teams that really disappointed on the road were often basically second 15s of Benetton which was an odd thing to do but that's what they were doing sending out to the Sharks your best side the best team available short of injuries that's what they did and that's how they play what's interesting is that last year in Europe Benetton lost in the knockout stages to Toulon away and I looked at the team that played that game and it's actually surprisingly similar to the team that they have this year but with what you just said about how that team has got so much better I think it's very exciting yeah I think so well we're not talking about the Toulon game just yet though we've still got the Stormers on Friday I mean the Stormers are on fire and you know it's like what do you do do you pick your best team and you lose to the Stormers and then you're knackered and and then they're knackered and you've lost anyway or do you pick not your best side who are going to lose anyway but then at least your best guys are free the week after I think you do that one I think you do that too it's only nine days yeah and it's not like it's not the you know nobody wants to finish their season with a loss but uh, you've got to focus you've you've got to have the bigger picture in mind and at this point the bigger picture is entirely on Toulon it's entirely on on the the challenge cup But that's not the only game that was on this weekend, guys. Moving us on, there was the big game of the Women's Six Nations, Italy v Ireland. What was the score? Go on, coach. Tell us the score. It was 24-7. That's... Did somebody predict something close to that? I don't... I don't know if that... I think... I think the coach did. (laughs) 21-7 was my prediction. So, um, what does that mean? Sylvia's brother has to send you some stash. No, I get the stash. Eddie gets the stash anyway. Well, as we all know, no stash fits me. Oh, I thought so... you were going to say no stash ever makes it to Birmingham. Well, there's that too. Um, yeah, coach is very disappointed every time we go to uh, to Treviso and we go to the shop to get him some Bernadette stash. I wouldn't say I'm a colossal man, but I certainly feel like one. When I go into the, the shop at Benson, nothing fits me. Also, it's rugby gear. You'd think they would design big rugby gear. Causing a complex. But don't feel bad about not fitting the, the stash because you won, you won the predictions. It shows why you're the coach. We all know it. Deep down, you're a wise, wise man. And on that note, for anyone that has listened to it, we had a bonus episode with the wonderful Sylvia Turani, which is online now. Please do listen to it. Really fascinating. She's super cool. Learn a lot about Italian women's rugby also please do like whatever it is five star our podcast <laughs> wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts <laughs> you've made it halfway through this one so you're in please give it a five stars it's nice you're giving them a little a, a halfway point um 
pitch. Yes, please rate us five stars on Spotify and on Apple. All the things you listen to your podcasts on, we'd appreciate it. Thanks. Otherwise, we'll never get that that brand deal with Huel. Well, we need to stop this Huel thing. I don't want a Huel deal. I want Aperol. To, I, if Prosecco sponsored us, I'd be so happy. If Aperol, oh. I'd be so happy. Anyway. Oh, yeah, Ellie. Yeah, if, get if, on that. Oh, my God. English food <laughs> restaurant in Padua sponsored us, I would be so happy that's a phone call come oh, on that's probably a fair we probably could get actually we we don't want to do them any more um upselling because i think we've talked about them enough but i did then research them after our our bonus episode where we talk about oh my god in british food restaurant and they've won best burger two years in a row guys so maybe next time we're in padua gonna have to give that a go if you let us because you're the one that stopped me but also we could get lazzarone he's got a wine company they could sponsor us. Right, we need to, okay. hotel. There's commercial opportunities within the Benetton team. Moving on. The Italy women's played, well, the game wasn't great for the first half. Yeah, I mean, it, they don't get their first try. They don't get their first try until the 28th minute, right? So, and they were putting the pressure on. Like, it was it was kind of a classic Benetton. Like, you feel like you should be comfortably in the lead. And actually, you look at the score and it's nil all for the first 28 minutes. Um, and that's incredibly frustrating because it definitely felt that Italy messed up a couple of opportunities early on. To go ahead. Well, they messed up almost every line out. They oh, don't. They need Sylvia back. They need you back, Sylvia. If you're listening, if anyone from the technical staff is listening, get that hand, get her hand fixed as quickly as possible because that was the issue that they had. They otherwise, I think, played a pretty solid game of rugby, really decent defense, brilliant attacking moments. Their line out, I don't think they won a single one cleanly. I'm pretty sure they squandered every single line out. And speaking of fucked up line outs, today is Luca Bg's birthday. So <laughs> happy goody. birthday, Luca Bg. How do you know how do you know this? Are you Facebook they, friends or something? They put it on uh, no, no, it was um on social media. FIR or Rugby Attack Italy. They uh, they put it up there. For some reason, you're... they think highly of this man. Okay, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Happy birthday, Luca Bici. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yes, the, the game was, was for the most part, I think they played really, really well. And Italy definitely deserved to win that game. I was shocked, actually. I don't know if you guys saw the stats before the game. But of the last 21 games, Italy had only won two against Ireland. So I sort of came into it going like, cocky, cocky, cocky. We've all predicted Italy to win this by a decent amount. And then I saw that stat and I was like, hang on a minute. Have I just been gaslit into believing that Italy are this... <laughs> This solid team. But then there was no real moment in the game where I thought that they were going to lose it. And that's that surprising. No, but you've got to remember as well with women's rugby, how much the teams are constantly changing in where they are in their approach to professionalism on that journey. And Ireland have been really slow off the mark. So what was a really good amateur setup for them has turned into being left behind by the other teams on the way towards yeah. professionalism or semi-professionalism so that's kind of why that is yeah. the way it is Wales have come on so far so quickly but still absolutely destroyed by the Red Roses who are just in a league of their own yeah it must almost be a little bit frustrating if you are the Red Roses because you never like you just 
you just pound. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't. It's, I'm sure it's still deeply satisfying. But basically, it's impossible to get a game where you're really, really matched, where you have to like dig deep to win because you're behind. Like, well, France, France will take them, uh, play, pay them pretty close, and also, you know, they did lose the World Cup final. Yeah, but I wonder. Again, this you could write a dissertation on this, but I wonder if they lost the World Cup final because they haven't regularly felt that level of pressure and we're behind and we have to win it. And so actually the way that they lost that final was with a line out that they completely cock up and then it's over. And you just go, did they crumble under the pressure of being behind? And they're so, because they're just, they never really get games where they are behind. Well, really, actually, what it was, was that England were doing their line outs and New Zealand were never competing, never competed, never competed, never competed. And so when it came to a really important line out for England to win, they threw a really easy ball because they didn't expect New Zealand to compete because England's Mm. rolling mall had been really good. And then New Zealand did compete and stole it. And that's what happened. Um, But we're not here to talk about that. No. We're here to talk about Luca Bigi's birthday. Um, talking quickly about the player of the match, Dinka. I thought she had a brilliant game. She did some incredible footwork, some great line breaks. She was superb. My sort of three stellar ones were her, Mutso, and I thought Tunesi had a great game as well. Powerful, powerful ball carrier. Great game. They won. Coach got they... some stash. No, I'm getting the stash. Since when did it come? The bet wasn't for the stash. The, the, the stash was a gift to me and then the bet was separate no i think the bet was we no, get some no stash. no 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 look he's not getting anything we were meant to go support her if she wins and buy her some spritz and whoever of us got closest got some of her brother's stash no i get the stash we're a team but yes the italian women have scotland coming up this weekend scotland aren't doing particularly well so that is a must win for italy and then it's going to be a really big weekend after that with a much improved Wales side and that's going to be a very very close encounter but they're at home for that so that's good apart from that this weekend we had Zebre were destroyed by the Bulls unfortunately it just they were a different class I still have faith I think Zebre are going to come good any minute now but it wasn't to be in South Africa against the Bulls by any the... minute now you need you mean next season presumably at this stage yeah next season or the yeah. season after that but next season with Jake Pelletri I think with a, a couple of good placements I reckon Zebre can be a midfield team also no disrespect but the Welsh clubs are probably going to be worse next year than they were this year for the reasons that we're all aware of and I don't think that's rude i think that's just the reality of the situation and so zebra may be able to capitalize on that so a small improvement from zebra against a small decline from some of those welsh clubs would put zebra right in the mix particularly at home because they've got 10 bonus points this season they haven't won a game but they've run teams really close and they haven't been afraid of scoring tries yeah, yeah. so including leinster right they almost beat Leinster at the beginning of the season. That was... Yeah, well, they took they took two points off Leinster. They got a, a losing bonus point and they scored four tries against Leinster. So that shows that they can be really competitive. It's just this season, none of it's gone their way in terms of results. And apart from that, the under-18s, Italy under-18s were thoroughly beaten by France. But to be fair, France looked like they would beat most premiership teams the way they played. Those yeah. kids, absolutely incredible. All of them, everyone on the squad was a ball player. Yeah. It was remarkable. They were so quick. It was just 
that was champagne rugby from from babies babies playing champagne rugby it was stunning to watch but one year up from that the italian under 19s for second week in a row beat the welsh under 19s these are unofficial games which are there to give the people between age groups some uh age group international test match experience i think it's a really good thing that the italians and the welsh are doing arranging these fixtures i'm sure they're much appreciated by the players and another win for the the women the under 18 women beat scotland by a couple of points i think it was 15 19 well done them well done them the game i saw with them against wales was one of the (laughs) worst games of rugby i've ever seen but they won and that's important you've got to win the good ones and the ugly ones and that was a really ugly game of rugby and they came away with the win so well done then just before we wrap it up i think now that we've started this segment let's keep it going what made coach mad this week Well, I've got I've got nothing really this this week. Oh, you're a happy man this week. Yeah, I've got something. Toulon rugby website sucks. It's garbage. Buying tickets on it is impossible. The website doesn't work. It just sends you around in a continuous loop, which is totally not in their interest. Right, right on the bit where it says pay now, it then takes you back to the homepage. Um, yeah, so... you put the tickets, you put them in your in your basket. You've made an account, you've done everything, and then you go to pay now, and then it just takes you right back to the homepage. <laughs> and we've bought our flight, so we've got to go now. Um, it's just if if there are any Benetton fans going if, who listen to this, if you could let us know how you booked your tickets because. We're really struggling and they're selling pretty well. So how are they buying them? Benetton do have an official touring party going from Treviso. So please do check out that if you want to go. What's a Twitter? Rugby Treviso. Check them out. It's all on there. Um, They're doing, I think, a coach trip from Treviso to Toulon with a night there. We'll We'll be be there too. For a spritz uh, and maybe sitting near them if the Toulon website ever lets me buy a ticket. And that's what made Coach Mad this week. Do they do spritz in France? I'll be drinking a sauterne. No, I won't. I'll be drinking a spritz. Because yeah. spritz is for winners. Coach has decided to put all his eggs in the Dublin basket. So he is confident that he doesn't have to come out to Toulon because he's going to be coming out to Dublin when we make the final. Which is a good thing because he wouldn't fit in the Renault Clio I've rented. On that note, we will be back, of course. Uh, it's not Toulon this week. It's the Stormers that we've got coming up. Uh, As already mentioned, the Italian women have a job to do up in Scotland and we'll be reporting on that in our next episode. I think we should wrap this up, guys. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao a tutti.